0: Hey guys, happy Wednesday and welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah Bremer. I am your host of Killer Instinct. Go ahead and hit that follow button real quick. That way you are always updated on when we post new episodes. We post every Wednesday here on Killer Instinct and you are not going to want to miss an episode, so make sure you go ahead and hit that follow button. So for today's episode, as you can tell by the title, we are talking about the gruesome and brutal murder of Trisha Todd. So Trisha was born on February 19th of 1986 to her parents, David and Rebecca Todd. She was described as a dream daughter and sister that anyone would be lucky to have. She grew up as the only sister to seven brothers. I cannot even imagine the madness in that household. But Trisha really held her own. One of her brothers, Jonathan, described her as being vibrant and outgoing and was always the life of the party. And not only was she a super caring and affectionate person, in general, but Trisha was also a very caring and affectionate mother. Trisha had a two-year-old daughter named Faith who she absolutely adored. Faith was her entire world. Trisha had actually married her elementary school sweetheart, which you don't hear of quite often, but Trisha married her elementary school sweetheart. His name was Stephen Williams and the two of them had joined the Air Force right out of high school. Trisha and Steven were always super close, you know, growing up and in their teenage years and they were always really good friends. And once they got out of school, both of them joined the Air Force. And they ended up getting together right after that. And then they ended up getting married. And during that time, Trisha's dad said that Stephen was extremely respectful of his daughter. He said that that was the type of man that he wanted his daughter to be with. He was very patient and always willing to do whatever it would take to make Trisha happy. So Trisha was really Stephen's number one priority. And it showed to everyone. Even though it looked like Steven and Trisha had a really good marriage from the outside, they were married for 11 years before they decided to go their separate ways and they ended up getting a divorce. So the divorce itself was extremely amicable, so much so that Trisha didn't request alimony from Steven. The whole thing itself was handled very maturely and respectfully, and Trisha's dad, David, said that he was actually really proud of Trisha for having this handled the way that it was because divorces can get really ugly, obviously. So everyone, I think, was very happy that Trisha and Stephen were able to kind of part amicably and respectfully from each other considering that there was a child involved. So after the divorce, Trisha and Faith ended up moving to Hope Sound, Florida, and Stephen ended up staying in North Carolina on an Air Force base. So Trisha moved to Hope Sound because that is where all of her family lived. And she thought that the best way to kind of be supported throughout this divorce and this entire process, as well as, you know, having that support system for her daughter as well was to be around her family. But another reason she moved is because she wanted to become a registered nurse. So that was another reason to end up moving. So Trisha's next step in her life and her next chapter really seemed all to be planning out fairly well. She had her daughter, she was moving close to family. She had her career path set up and everything seemed to be on the right track. And as good as it could be, honestly, considering the circumstances of divorce, it seemed that everything was going as smoothly as possible. But unfortunately, that didn't last too long because only three months after she got divorced on April 26th, 2016, Trisha Todd disappeared. So, Trisha's family was the one who ended up contacting the police about her disappearance after she didn't show up to the hospice that she was working at at the time. Missing work was not something that Trisha did often or would ever really do at all. She knew what she wanted to do. She wanted to be a nurse and she knew that this was the way to help do that and help support her daughter and she wouldn't have risked that, especially without telling anyone. So, her family definitely thought it was weird and that is when they reported her as missing. Her brothers and family had gone over to her neighborhood into her house. And when they did that, they found Trisha's car in her neighborhood with the keys in the ignition and her purse also inside of the car, but her phone and wallet were missing. So at first, authorities had really no idea where to begin in this. They had no idea where Trisha could possibly be. But after doing some digging, they were able to find surveillance footage on the night that Trisha disappeared of Trisha buying groceries at a local supermarket. So after they found this footage, they decided to go check out Trisha's house, and that's when they found the groceries that she had bought at the store that night that were at her house. And a neighbor of Trisha's also told police that they saw Trisha leaving her house that night, driving her own car. So now police were trying to figure out where she was going. Where did she get in her car to go to? So they decide to check cell phone records. And when they did that, they were able to piece together that she was going over to see Steven. Steven who didn't live in Florida, Steven who lived in North Carolina, but Steven had rented an Airbnb on this particular week in Hope Sound after him and Trisha agreed that he could come down for the week to spend time with Faith. So police went to go talk to Steven because this all kind of seems a little too coincidental. But Stephen told authorities that on April 26th, Faith was spending the night at his house because Stephen was going down there to spend time with his daughter. Trisha agreed to let Faith stay at the Airbnb that he was renting. And on this particular night, Stephen had to text Trisha to tell her that Faith wasn't feeling too well. And so he asked if Trisha could come over. And so Trisha ended up going over to Stephen's Airbnb and she helped put Faith to sleep and then she left after that. So according to him, he said that he just thought that she was going to be going home right after she left and that she was going to come pick up Faith the next morning, but she never ended up showing up. So Stephen actually ended up leaving Faith with the babysitter before driving back to North Carolina. So, instead of calling her family or raising any sort of concern, he just called the babysitter so Faith could stay with her and then drove back home. But police described Steven as very cheerful and nice and compliant with them when they asked him questions. He was also willing to take a polygraph test that did come back inconclusive, but because of how forthcoming he was to police, police really weren't very skeptical of him. So police started to look more deeply into Trisha's life because they really didn't know where to turn from here. Her ex-husband is being completely compliant and not really showing any signs of any red flags and Trisha's gone and no one knows where she is. So they tried to really dig into her life a little bit more and they were able to figure out that Trisha had recently started dating a new man in Hope Sound that she was completely head over heels for. But there did seem to be a little bit of trouble in paradise with this new relationship. So Trisha had kept a daily journal that she would constantly write in, which was very helpful to police in this investigation. And they found a journal entry that Trisha wrote about her new relationship saying, quote, this painful love affair, it's a Pisces and Scorpio thing. Are you happy? I've never had a deep blue love affair with a true Scorpio that didn't feel this way, end quote. So when first reading this, police really didn't know what to make of this whole entry, but according to people who knew Trisha, they said that she was very into this new guy that she had been seeing, so they thought it was a good idea to hone in on him. So police start doing some research and some investigating and start following him around, hoping that either Trisha will show up or there'll be some sort of clue that could lead them to Trisha. And throughout all of my um, research and investigating, I wasn't able to figure out the name of this man, he was kind of kept anonymous throughout the entirety of it. But when police started looking more deeply into it, all of their searches were coming up empty handed and leading them to nothing. So at this point, they decided to go back to this daily journal that Trisha kept to see if there was anything in there that could give any clue. Like if she was writing about someone following her or writing about something that was off on a particular day. Like police were really just trying to figure out anything at this point but they were pretty surprised when they started looking in again because there were secrets that not even Trisha's family were aware of that were starting to become uncovered. Okay, we're gonna take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Do you ever fantasize about who you'd be if you lived somewhere different? Maybe you'd surf if you lived by the beach. Or maybe if you lived in the city, you would live above a coffee shop and finally be able to write that novel you've always dreamed of. Or if you had a dishwasher, maybe you'd actually be able to start cooking and make a proper dinner at home. With over 1 million available units for rent on Apartments.com, the U abilities are endless. Apartments.com lets you narrow down exactly what you want and when you want it. And with their instant alert, you'll never miss out on seeing what could be your new perfect place. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place to live, whether that's an apartment, a townhome, or even a house. And they can help you find exactly what it is that you're looking for. Visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. All right, you guys, welcome back. So Trisha's Daily Journal opened police's mind to the fact that Steven may not be the type of person that he's trying to portray. So Trisha revealed in this journal that over the course of their marriage, Stephen had killed multiple of their pets that him and Trisha owned together, which not only is killing animals a sign of a potential psychopath, but it is also kind of a way to prove dominance and authority. And they also got tipped off by a neighbor of the Airbnb that Stephen was staying at. The police got tipped off by a neighbor. And this neighbor said that he saw Stephen leave the Airbnb that night in. Trisha's car. After getting that tip, police started looking into the security camera footage at Trisha's house, and they looked through hours and hours and hours of security footage before they noticed that there was someone walking around Trisha's house on the night she disappeared. And even though they weren't able to perfectly decipher who this person was, what they were able to figure out was that this person had a very similar description to Stephen's physicality. The man in the video was a tall black man who was carrying a military black bag over his shoulder and Steven fits that description pretty much to a T. So once police found all of this out, they decided that they had enough evidence to go in on Stephen. So once police got to Stephen on May 24th, which was almost a full month after Trisha had disappeared, they questioned him again and asked him if he had anything to do with Trisha's disappearance. And this is when his story started to change. So according to Stephen, he told police that he did kill Trisha. Now it's all changing. He did kill Trisha. But it was accidental. So according to Stephen, he told the police that he did kill her, but he said that him and Trisha had gotten into an argument that night and he ended up punching her in the face, which is when she fell, hit her head, and died immediately on impact. Then he said in order to get rid of her body, he had to dump it into an isolated rural area. So Stephen was then arrested and charged with Trisha's murder, but no one was really buying his story at this point. But Stephen wasn't talking. He was not giving the police any more information. So the police decided to give him a plea deal. So this plea deal was that Stephen would get 35 years in prison for second degree murder in return for a full confession of the exact details about what happened to Trisha and bringing them to where he disposed of her body. So Stephen actually ended up accepting this plea deal, which made a lot of people extremely upset. A lot of people were really mad about this sentencing because that means that Faith will be 39 years old when her father is released for murdering her mother. And even the judge said at the sentencing that his sentence, quote, was clearly less than full justice, end quote. So then it was time for Stephen to tell police what exactly happened on April 26th, 2016. So Stephen told police that he was with Trisha that whole entire day, but didn't have the courage to kill her then. So later that night, after she had left his house, he texted her to come back over because Faith wasn't feeling well. He knew that if he used his daughter, that Faith would come back over, which it worked. So Trisha came back over to Stephen's Airbnb, and when she got there and knocked on the door, Stephen opened the door, and that is when he wrapped his hands around Trisha's neck and choked her out until she passed out. And once she passed out, Stephen then tied her hands and ankles together using zip ties. And according to Stephen, he said that he was going to try to make this whole thing look like Trisha moved to Haiti to go on a mission trip, which was something that she had done in the past. So he didn't think it would be too suspicious. So once Trisha regained consciousness, Stephen's plan was to get all of her passwords to her email accounts and bank accounts. But when she regained consciousness, all she did was scream. Faith was asleep in the room next door, and Stephen didn't want anyone to hear Trisha screaming, so he ended up taking a club and hitting her with it over the head until she stopped screaming, and then he choked her once more using a jump rope that he told police he brought to the Airbnb for this purpose solely until she passed away. Stephen said that after she had died, he put her body into a trash bag and then put her in her car and began driving to the Hungry Lady. Wildlife Environmental Area along the border of Palm Beach. So he started driving Trisha's car over there, but then Trisha's car was really low on gas. And he said that he didn't want to be stuck without gas in Trisha's car with Trisha's body in the car. So he drove all the way back to his place, which is when he switched cars and then he went to get gas. He then drove back to the Land Wildlife Reserve, which is where he dismembered Trisha with a chainsaw that he had purchased on Amazon. And then he placed the pieces of her body into an acid filled tub that he had bought, and he had bought the acid about a month before in North Carolina, so he cut up all of Trisha's body and then put her in this acid-filled tub in the ground, So Stephen led the authorities to where Trisha's body was and when police dug up the box, they found Trisha's torso. Police then found other parts of Trisha like her fingernails, teeth, and fingertips that had all been removed by Stephen in hopes to prevent her from being identified. So in the bottom of the canal, there was a dive team that was sent in that also found the mutilation tools that Stephen used like a chainsaw and in the saw was some remains of Trisha As well as some of her hair. So the big question here is why. Why did this happen? Why did Stephen do this? They seemed to have the most amicable divorce and good marriage and things seemed to be going great for both of them in their individual lives. They were starting new chapters of their lives. No one in Trisha's family could understand because no one ever thought that he was ever capable of doing something like this and ever capable of such a gruesome and brutal murder, especially on the mother of his own child, the person that he was married to for 11 years. So Stephen's reasoning for all of this, which does not make any slightest bit of it any better or any more justified, but Stephen said that he was upset with the fact that he had to pay child support for his daughter and that he didn't have full custody of Faith. He was mad that he didn't have full custody and also mad that he had to pay child support. And he didn't like the way that Trisha disrespected him when he would have Skype calls with their daughter from where he lived in North Carolina. So Stephen wasn't happy for a number of reasons: financial reasons, that he had to support his daughter, and that he didn't have custody over her, and that he felt like Trisha was disrespecting him. There really isn't any details as to why he thought Trisha was disrespecting him. I personally don't think that the details even really matter um, in this situation. But in an Orlando prison that he was kept in, Stephen was known to laugh and smile as he told inmates how he almost got away with it. You know, he almost got away with murdering trisha he actually told the other inmates that he would have gotten away with it but he turned himself in because he was tired of lying he said it would have been a lot easier for him to have gotten away with it in north carolina but mind you he never turned himself in like he never turned himself in in this situation this was never like he confessed to police because he felt so distraught over it police caught him police found the video surveillance footage and police Caught him. He completely got caught in the situation. He never turned himself in. So as for Faith, her mother's life was completely taken from her. She was robbed of having a mother from her father, and I can't even imagine what she's going to have to deal with when she turns 39 years old and how that is all going to play out for her. But as of right now, Trisha's brother, Jonathan, has since adopted Faith since this has all happened in 2016. And according to Jonathan, he said that Faith's laugh is identical to Trisha's laugh and that Faith's wild giddy and hyper-personality mimics Trisha's identically. I would like to think that Trisha would be very happy that her brother has adopted her daughter and that her daughter's going to be growing up knowing the memory of her mother. And I just think that that is the best thing that could have happened in this situation and the best thing that could have happened to Faith. This whole thing is just really awful because Trisha was trying to move on with her life. She was trying to, you know, she got a new job. She was dating people. She was moving on with this next chapter, but she couldn't because of Stephen, and that was completely taken from her. I do think that 35 years is way too short of a time for how gruesome and brutal and torturous this murder was. Stephen went to the lengths, like the ends of the lengths to make this as brutal and as torturous as possible tying up his ex-wife's hands and ankles with zip ties and beating her over the head and removing her fingertips and her teeth and chopping her up it's like in my opinion, he should be spending the rest of his life in prison. He should never have the possibility of getting out. I cannot even imagine what that's going to be like for the families and everyone involved. And I just think it was way too short of a sentence. But with that being said, you guys, that is going to be all for me today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. Make sure, like I said in the beginning, that you go ahead and hit that follow button. That way you never miss an episode. You'll always be notified. And I hope to see you guys next Wednesday for another episode episode of Killer Instinct, but until then, have a great rest of your week, you guys, and stay safe.